What's going on, guys? This is Dom. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you're listening, you likely know that A Quiet Place Part 2 came out last Friday. Gus and I were able to catch a pretty early showing, um, and we decided to record directly after. However, it is worth noting that try as we might, this episode is not completely spoiler-free. We did our best, but as you listen, you will see that Gus and I got a little bit heated in the middle of this episode and inevitably spoiled some important parts of the movie. Now, it's not going to ruin the movie for you if you decide to listen, but this is your warning. If you'd rather avoid all spoilers entirely, then I would recommend you go watch the film first and then revisit. If you don't mind, then this is a fun one. Um... We had a good time with it, and I hope you do too. Thanks for listening. And here we and here we go. And here and we <laughs> go. We good? We're dude. We're good. Dom, we just um. I think it's safe to say. By the way, first of all, yeah, theater season is back, dude. It is theater season it is back, dude. It's back, it's and back. I've eaten so much popcorn. We've yeah, seen. To be honest, I'm a little disgusted with you. That I eat a full thing of large every popcorn. Single, every single Dude, time I'm telling go. you, I, there was a full year where I didn't get any <laughs> movie theater popcorn, and I gotta, I gotta catch up. I, that's I not do. how it works. That's, I, I think it is. That is not how. It I'm works. pretty sure that's exactly how it works. Um, I, let me just say to, to kind of, kind of, kind of say, keep on track with this. The the movie theater experience, movie theater season is back. Yep. And this is the kind of movie. That yep, I live to see in a theater. It was the exact same when I I didn't. It's the exact same feeling I had when I watched A Quiet Place, the first part one, and um, I actually I saw that when I was um, I was in England, and I, when I went to the movies when I was abroad, I I went with other people. Do you mean the cinema, Gus? To, to, when I went to cinema, I went with other people once. So every other every other movie I saw uh, twice. I went with went, went with my dad whenever he uh, he came up there with me when I first moved out there. Um, we saw it, chapter one. Oh, another nice. movie, great theater movie. But every other movie I saw, I saw by myself. So this A Quiet Place Part One was one of those movies, and I I never realized how much I appreciated so many things that these movies do so well. Like with sound design and, and music and like using sound as a as a point of tension is it's not like a it's not a novel concept but there are I couldn't I couldn't name another movie that comes as close to to these two as like these do it when it comes to like perfecting that trope of yeah we're gonna use sound to scare the shit out of you well I mean and they they. Because they did it with a character unlike any that we've really seen before. Um, having a deaf character where every time that she is alone on screen, it is completely right. silent. Yeah. And we don't get sound until she's joined by someone else. Right. And And to add to that, if she's alone on screen with just the monsters, it is still silent. Right. There has to be another human in the frame with her before yep. we get any before we get any noise. Sound. It's like it's like the and the, not even music with her. It's kind of like the subtitle thing. It's like how subtitles should be used. Like when the character speaking in the foreign language is speaking to someone who understands the language, that's when you get subtitles, yes. right? If there are people in the room or or situations where people don't know what's being said, no subtitles, right? right. It they 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 do that with Millicent Simmons' character again, like. It just, in such amazing ways, it's also, like, when it does happen, it's kind of like a, a two-edged sword because you feel that, like, instantaneous calm of, like, oh, every there's, like, no sound at all. It's really quiet. And then that's immediately replaced by, well, what the, f like, what if someone, what if something happens? Yes. Like, what if something goes, like, she is so insanely screwed well and that's something that's so intriguing about her character yeah. because and that and that's honestly something that i was trying to work through while we were watching this is she kind of goes out on her own she's very independent but right 
how you, you know like she, to have she, like in the, this world that she's living in where she can't make any noise she has to just kind of trust that to have the, the balls, actions that she's doing is not making any noise yeah that that's insane that's big trust yeah that is woo 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 that is massive tr- <laughs> like oh it's crazy yeah and something uh something i guess to kind of kick off the act like part two thoughts on part two this is kind of her movie yeah. Like, Emily Blunt's in this movie, but I wouldn't say Emily Blunt is the focal point. Not not to say that she was in the first movie either, but the first movie was so much about, like, the togetherness of the family and how they're trying to survive and, and get through this together in one setting, in one place. They don't move around a lot. Right. This movie kind of breaks... It, it, it kind of pulls them all apart. It's kind of like... It's like... It's like Empire Strikes Back. The, all the main characters are are off trying to do different things and they're never together and it breaks up like that that familial like comfortability of having, you know, these people that are established together. But yeah. it, to me, I I kind of I liked that direction of splitting them all up into different like on different paths for this movie because it just it kind of for me, kind of stepped away from what could have been like, uh, like a retrod of the first movie. Like right. if they were all together in one place doing the same, that to me would have it would have come off probably not as as smooth as this one did because this one well, felt like it was a completely different look at this world. And I liked it, it. I liked it too because I think that adding sort of that you know that isolated feeling adds a whole lot more tension and thinking back to the first movie right. the most tense moments were when they got split apart yes um right. and and it was the same with this and it was also pieced together beautifully where um you know even though we were watching kind of basically three different storylines right. throughout the film right. with the son the daughter and the mom mm-hmm. um they're all like the way that it's pieced together on screen. They're all getting tense at the same time. Right. Where, where there's a lot of like off screen tension that's built because you kind of understand once, once we start seeing these storylines play out, you understand that if something bad is like happening to the daughter, there's probably something bad happening to the mom and the son. And it kind of just cuts from one to the other, to the other. And it never, it never felt like it was, it was jumbled or or anything like that. But there was so much that went on in this movie that we weren't necessarily shown, even when it came to, right. you know, killing the aliens or, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. There's a lot that happened off screen that was edited very well. Right. The, the cross the the cross cutting between those three different kind of story storylines there, you know, they're not it, again. It's a lot like the first movie in that there's no like huge like goal they're trying to achieve they're the whole the the plot line is very simple they're right. trying to stay quiet they're trying to survive and they're trying to figure out a way to where they don't have to you know be afraid to fall asleep and start snoring because they're not covered by three feet of hard steel or something like yeah that. I, it, it's very it's very similar to that so you know being able to cut to cross cut these three different these three different scenarios it it makes it easy to kind of keep up and it makes it feel less jumbled because they're not all individually trying to do these crazy things. Right. Right. They're all three of them are just kind of trying to do something very simple, whether it's go find oxygen or, or find a radio station. It's things that are, are like in the real world would be what we would consider like a menial task. Sure. Like we're just gonna we're gonna just go drive to the store and get medicine. Well, or, and it it brings you know I mean? up an interesting theme of trust as well. Right. Like the the people that you are with, you kind of just have to be prepared to trust them that they're gonna get their job done. Right. You're gonna get your job done, and you're all gonna end up back in the same place. Right. Because in this in this world that they built, you know, nothing is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Um. And so we see that kind of throughout, even. When they, when the mom and the kids finally meet um, Killian Murphy's Killian Murphy. character, yeah. they kind of just have to trust that he's not going to hurt them, right? Because he could, right? Um, but again, they're all kind of in it for survival. 
Right. I th- I um I mean we knew Killian Murphy was gonna be in the movie. Dude, I I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't know that until literally oh. three days ago. Really? When I yes. Oh okay. I have I have <laughs> I have purposefully stayed away from everything about right. this movie. I watched right. the original trailer and that's it. Yeah. Didn't so the only reason I knew Killian Murphy was in it was because I watched a movie review three days ago. Okay. Yeah. And it was the first that I had heard that he was in right. there. Interesting. So it, that was kind of a surprise yeah. to me like I, I was expecting it just from that but it wasn't right. something all this time that i was like waiting for yeah so uh, we won't we won't get into spoilers in this review but the way they tied his character into the overarching story from the first movie was or just like the world in general i guess i did i didn't expect at all i didn't yeah. see it i knew he was going to be in the, but i i honestly my expectation for his character was nowhere near what ended up Happen, right. Yeah. Which I really, I really liked. I I love having an expectation and then going into a movie and it not playing out. Yeah. At all how I thought it would. Now sometimes, sometimes it plays out how I thought, not how I thought it would, and, and it doesn't work. But I thought for me in in this in this movie, I thought it did. I thought my expectations were um, exceeded uh, multiple times, and uh, I was, it was a good. It was a good feeling to not feel like a, like I knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. You know, throughout, I was also I was pleasantly surprised at how much um John Krasinski we got. Mm. Um we knew from the trailers that he would be in there we were at least get, briefly. We were going to get like day we were going to get the day one. Yes. Um but I was like I was glad that we got a fairly extended amount of time right. with him seeing how you know the way that he led his yeah. family, the way mm-hmm. that he, he still—I mean, we saw it in the in the entirety of the the first movie. But right. getting to see him in that kind of protector role right. was very interesting. And right. I think for the for the short amount the short amount of time that we got him on screen, yeah. I think that that was still very effective storytelling. Yes, and I think the length, the extended prologue, like, it's like a perfect length, too. Right. Like, it doesn't overstay its welcome. And I wouldn't be surprised if in... Because I imagine there will be a third movie, at least. I wouldn't be surprised if that was something they explored again, in if they did a third movie. But again, again, in that kind of limited capacity of this tiny little, like... 10 minute window of screen time like what plays out in the prologue t- is a little it's not just right. 10 straight minutes but the prologue itself is is about i if i were to guess it felt like about 10 minutes of, sure. of screen time I, I don't know exactly i wasn't timing it or anything but what i loved about that too is, is that it was perfect it was just it was yeah it was just dude a gr- that was it was one, a of great the, one of the coolest introductions to a right. movie I've ever seen. And plus, we already know, like having seen part one, we already know kind of what the world is like 400 plus days later. Yeah. So seeing what's going on day one, it's it's an interesting way to look at like how people are reacting to what's going on. Because we already know. Well, and it's... We already know the rules and the, like, the established boundaries yeah. of what they're facing. But to see these characters react in a way where they don't know... Mm-hmm. It's it's a cool it's a cool way to watch something and be like we as the viewer know what they're about to experience they have no idea. Well, and I think something else that's really cool about it is that first of all, like you said, they don't know it all, but they are forced to learn very quickly. Very quickly. Um, yeah. But on top of that, this movie did not shy away at all from showing us the monsters. No, or the alien. I think they were aliens. Aliens, probably. Um, yeah, but. Regardless, the first movie wasn't necessarily afraid to show them to us, right? But it was a they were trying to build tension by not showing us the full threat, not really knowing what was around the next corner. And we kind of get this glimpse that from day one, our characters knew exactly what was chasing them. They maybe they didn't know what it was, but they they knew what the you know they 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 had seen it. They had had to fight it off. They had experienced. Basically the whole thing in day one, yeah. and that kind of gives you an insight into their system of doing right. things going forward. Yeah. Even though the first movie was sort of set up like they weren't quite sure what they were dealing with, right? Like they were well aware. Like they knew what they were. Di- what they didn't know was like the the 
the full like potential of what they were doing. Sure. Right. Like they knew what like how they operated, how they moved around, but they didn't know like the limits of their of their like the range of what they could hear. They didn't you know, those what was what was unknown was little details that could possibly keep them safer if they did know. Yeah. Um one of the things I also liked about kind of how they framed the aliens in this movie is it you get more shots of them, but they're still never like the main focus of any given scene right. or shot. Like there are shots where they're the only thing in frame, but it's almost immediately cut away to a different shot of the characters or of other characters in another in another place. Yeah. So you you while you do yeah, you get a good idea of like the characters knowing what they were facing almost immediately and you get a better idea of kind of the dimensions and the capabilities of these aliens. They're still never like the 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 like I said they're they're not the focal point they're never the focal point of any any scene yeah they're always in and out really quick and there's almost always something else in frame that is the that is in focus or is you know the actual like subject of that of that given moment yes what do you, dude what would you do like what would I do yeah. Like like that's that's part of why I loved the prologue. Yes, is right. because it showed like their real time reactions and it showed John Krasinski like if figuring. But like, I would. I I feel like I feel like I feel like day one would be the hardest. Oh, for sure. Day one would be the hardest, but I feel like once you figure out a system, yeah. It, obviously, like it wouldn't be enjoyable, but like right. you, you could, could survive. You could figure it out. You could figure it out. I like day would, day one would be horrible. Oh yeah, it'd be terrible. I would get away from people. Yeah. Because I trust I trust myself to stay quiet. Right. I know to put my phone on vibrate. I know to like I know all the steps to take to make sure that I'm gonna not gonna make any fucking noise. What I don't trust is that other people will be able to do the same. So if like if I'm in a place where there's a crowd. I'm getting as far away from yeah. those people as I can. I'm going to find the closest exit and I'm going to pray to God that they're not outside or where I'm headed because that's the other the other big question mark is okay, I know I want to get away from people, but the other big question is what direction do I go? Well, right? and how far do How far can I get? How well, and how do far I get, can the monsters travel? Do I get in a car? Is yeah. car, like, is, are they faster than cars? Do can they catch up if I yeah. drive away? What if I hit traffic? Then I'm really fu- like, that's what. Yeah, that's one of the things I loved about the first movie, and also about this one too, because you get more information, but it's still never enough to where you feel like, oh, I could overpower this this situation easily. Right. You're still in the same place as Somet- them. Where you're sometimes like, I feel that way with like zombie movies. Uh-huh. Is like. Like if I could just make it past the beginning, like yeah. I'd probably be fine and like might have yeah, a like, little, like might have a little bit of fun. Like the fucking Walking <laughs> Dead zombies. Oh yeah, come yeah, on, come on, come on. That ain't shit. That ain't now shit. the Army of the Dead zombies might be a little yeah, more difficult. But they're all stuck in in Vegas. It's true. Um, it's it's nice. It was it was a nice feeling though to in this movie still feel like I don't really know what I would do either. Yeah, like I, I like. I felt like because of the prologue and, you know, like, well, obviously we know, like, the sound stuff. Like, I've always – I never felt like I was above the characters in terms of, yeah. like, what my limitations or abilities were when it well, came to and surviving. Well, I and think, I think that's kind of – that's kind of important, especially with, like – What do you mean? I'm adjusting my leg. Especially with um, – like horror type films. Yeah. I feel like it's important to be able to watch it and not be like, Oh, that was stupid. Like that. Yes. And because that's, I feel like that's a reaction we have all too often when we're watching horror movies, even with good, some good horror movies have moments like that. Even, even good horror movies. We watch characters make like the stupidest decisions because it seems like in that moment, like you would just know better. Right. In this movie, there's really none of that. Like you're, you're, no, you're just as lost and confused as they are. And a lot of times they come up with stuff and you're like, Oh, it's like, that makes sense. It's a, (laughs) it's a great feeling to watch a movie and not feel like there's like one person where we should just get them out of it. We need to get them out of here because they're, they're fucking stupid. Yes. It's, um, and that was the same in the first movie too. 
Now, this this movie is obviously a little more of a bigger sandbox in that they're not just, like, on the farm. Yeah, it's a bigger world. A bigger world. There's more people, you know, more things happening. Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy's role, I knew, like, I knew from the trailer he was going to be in the movie. I did not know that it would be as big of a... A, like he's he's one of the main he's he is a main character yeah. in this movie and, and I didn't I guess I, I just didn't I didn't think that was gonna happen, um but man he I mean we know kill we we've seen Killian Murphy and we know and movies, love him like we know I'm a big fan of his movies he's in obviously yeah. he's a, he's one of Nolan's favorite actors yep and he's honestly I think he's very underrated like people. People should yeah. know Killian Murphy. Well, more. and he ha- he has a lot of range too. He, yeah, he does. Which he does. which this movie he really showed his range, mm-hmm. which was it was cool to see. Um, right. And dude, I thought that this movie was actually a little bit scarier than the first one. I did too. At, now, at points, I think yes. like I think this movie at its scariest point was scarier than the first. But I don't know that it was right. like constant. I think and I don't know if the tension was as constant as the first movie. Right. But that was part of because we didn't really know what it was. Right. I think so I think yeah, I think the I think the scare I think there were more scary or scarier moments in this movie because in the first movie it was almost pure tension. Right. There was very little horror in the first movie because we just literally had no idea what would happen, where they would come from, what like if if they made a noise what, like we just had no idea of the boundaries, but because in this movie we know a little bit more, you can feel like the presence of danger more often. So anytime they start moving around, I think that's part of what makes it a little scarier. Is anytime they start walking, you're like, okay, well, they could be anywhere, right? And and you know, there's a, especially there's a when we're deaf girl. So God, especially God when we're she's especially have. when we're following the deaf girl, right? You, right. You're like, hopefully she doesn't die. Whoop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I uh one of the things I also really liked about this movie was it it honestly felt like like this part of the story was already planned out when they made the first one. And yes. when they made the first one, they were just like, "Yeah, this works better as like let's split like let's split this up so we can instead of having to cut a 3-hour movie down, we can just have two hour and a half long movies. Right. And then we don't have to cut anything out that we don't want to. Like that's yeah, it really, I agree. It the the transition from part one to part two felt seamless. But also like this, like what a cool supercut this is gonna be. Oh, like, dude! If you watch yeah. both of these back to back, like that's gonna be incredible. That a would three hour th- thriller epic. Well, and think like these two back to back would be a fantastic oh, movie. Absolutely, it would be amazing. Hundred percent. It. Oh yeah, it's it's very rare. I think that you get a sequel like this one that one well i mean it, it starts off immediately where the first one picked off so it has that going for it which right. make, which adds to that kind of if we just put these together it would feel like we were just watching one super long movie yes right most sequels start off with characters in different places different things going on like even like uh like like star wars or even like lord of the rings lord of the rings there's still like doing the same they're continuing what they were doing in the first movie yeah but they're all still like in different places by the time we get back to them by the time we get back to the the second movie this one is just immediate they're they're literally right where they left off right and the cool the cool like the cool like way that this transitions from part one to part two is you get that prologue right in the middle of of the of the three hour story arc that we have yes. so and far, dude. If that was a three hour movie, that prologue would be like such a cool way to split oh, up, yeah. like the oh, halfway yeah. point. Right. I thought too something that I wanted to point out, and it's such a little thing, but something that I really appreciated is um, transitions between scenes in this movie. Yeah, w- was pretty good. Yeah. Um, they kept going kind of back to that like slow fade out with. Yeah, you know, like the light being the last thing in the scene. Right, it, right. It felt like kind of old school, and like I yeah. loved, I loved that feeling, especially for a movie like this that is it, it kind of like it, it was kind of a 
call back to some older monster movies. It has a bit of like an 80s Spielberg vibe to it. It does. It does. And it, part of that is it was shot on film, as was the first one. Right. And you And you can tell. You can tell. Yep. And I fucking I love that. Yeah. I I always you know, uh, there's obviously like there's guys like Nolan and and Tarantino who who refuse to shoot on anything other than film, and that's great. And it, it makes their I think it makes their movies better. But when you get a movie like this where you could so easily cut the expense, shoot it digital, most horror movies these days are to see like the, a thriller horror like this shot on thirty five millimeter film. Yeah. With the like, especially with the kind of the lighting they have in some sequences. It really felt like part of it felt like I was watching like an excerpt from like an alternate ET store. Like, yeah, it really did. There were a lot of Spielberg like notes, but it never felt like like Krasinski was just trying to copy what Spielberg sure. does. It still felt like, and that, speaking of John Krasinski, props to him. Like the the biggest standout oh, yeah. in this movie is him <clears throat> behind yeah. the camera. In every from the writing to the directing, everything. This is like a such a cool. It's got to be a, a a great feeling for him, because I mean the movie's obviously being well received. Yeah, but this yeah. dude like this dude's got it. Like where where has this been his whole like maybe just needed time to kind of get to this point. But this well movie, he would have needed time to get like, his opportunity. Right. Which I think is more of it than anything. Right. I guess, yeah, when you start out as an actor, directing is not probably the, the first thing people look to you for when it right. comes to uh, future opportunities. But this, I mean, this movie is exciting because it gave me so much of what I felt in the first one, and it makes me excited for the future of the, the story, and it makes me excited for whatever, the, like, John Krasinski can fucking write and direct. Like, that, to have... A guy like that doing movies like this, like I'll, I'll watch whatever he directs. Well, and we right? also we also know that he can really do whatever he wants as an actor too, and be very successful with it. Mm-hmm. He's now done action, horror, action, and comedy horror, all comedy, excellently. War movie. He was yeah. in Thirteen Hours. Like the dude is a dude has range in front of and behind the camera. Yes, and that's so cool to see. We started, we were talking about, you were talking about uh, transitions, right? Yes. Between scenes with like the fade-ins and fade-outs. That, the, the scene you're, that reminds me of is when they're on the boat, they're going to the island and you can like see the red, the like the flashing red light on the island. Yes. And then it goes completely to black except for that red light. And then, and it, then it pulls it fades up. in. Yes. To the. That Dude. was that was beautiful. There are so many of there are so many moments like that, which I just oh was so so cool to see. Yeah. Um, do you have I mean without without like too heavy into spoilers, do yeah. you have any like real negatives about this movie? For me, the main the main negative well, a couple. One of them is just the that kid with the curly hair drives like the son? Yes. Can't stand his character. Couldn't in the first movie. Why? Can't in this movie. Because he doesn't do anything except for scream and like cause problems. Yeah. Like, his, he, like I understand he his character arc is the one from he's going from the kid who is scared of everything to the kid who's finally brave in the last. He does plenty in the first movie. Not really. Also, he can't really do anything in this movie, Dom. But I can't say why because that would be don't, a spoiler. Don't don't say why. But the point is, he can't do shit. Every in time this he movie. every time he was on screen, it was just him screaming and crying, and it was annoying. He's, hey, Dom, he, he's I'm gonna, I'm, annoying... gonna bleep, I'm gonna bleep this out. Have you ever gotten a bear <laughs> trap on your fucking leg? I don't think so. You think you just sit there and be like, oh my Gus. fucking leg's all bloody. Shit. No, I get it. It's annoying. It's I, not annoying. It was annoying. Every dude, it's a natural reaction to what's going on, Dom. Dude, I understand that. I understand that it's a natural reaction and I understand that it's realistic. But guess what? Just like I don't want to hear kids screaming now in real life, I don't want to sit and watch kids screaming in a movie. That shouldn't be every a, single time he's on the screen or crying or 
he's not good for anything. That and in the first, in the dog. first, no, in the first movie, he was useless too. All he did was follow his sister around and do whatever she said. And he was scared of everything in the first Dude. movie. And I cannot stand it. This is the most ridiculous take I've heard. How? All fucking because, day. Because there's an annoying kid in the movie? He's not an annoying kid. Okay, that's fine. If... <sighs> also, the scene with the bear trap was the most... Like, up until that point... See, you're, now you're going to have to bleep multiple parts. It's fine. Gus. It's fine. We'll just cut this whole thing no, out. No, some we'll of it's good. We'll just cut it out. Stop. Some of Fuck. it's good. Now you got to be careful and, and actually spend time bleeping shit. But that moment... When it happens, like, when he falls down, you're like, oh, holy... Like, you know, yep. like, that moment, you're like, that's, that's like, to, the, to me... I agree. That was the most tense moment in yes. the movie. Because you know yes. that whole time, you're just like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen? Yes. What's going to happen? And then, it, it, it's a very... Like, the way they shot it, too, is very... Not, like, when you have, like, super traumatic moments like that, it takes a minute for your brain to go like... Yes. Oh, my, my leg's half cut I'm agreeing with you. That shit was dope. Who fucking cares that he was screaming? I'm, I'm agreeing with you. But then you don't... I don't need to see him screaming from the fucking alcohol on his leg a second later. I don't need to see him crying every fucking... That is such a weird nitpick, Five seconds. Dom. That is such a weird nitpick for you to have it can in this be, movie. It can be weird, but... Like, why... I don't understand why it's so strange the fact that I don't like an annoying kid in a movie. That to make that a negative... To because, that you're saying that brings the movie down because that scene is in the movie. I think his character... Brings the movie down, and oh, I thought it brought the first movie down. I think I, I think that this film franchise would be better without <laughs> his character in it. Okay, all right, that's fair. You're wrong, but that's fair. It's fine, Gus. <laughs> now, second nitpick. Yeah. Uh, again, is not a necessarily a filmmaking choice, right? Or maybe it is. I don't know. The, the without. Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm trying to. Not gonna spoil anything. Uh huh. Well, we spoiled the first movie, so the, sorry if you haven't seen the first movie. That's fine. That yeah. doesn't matter. I mean, what the hell have you been doing if you haven't? Come on. The the aliens don't really always follow their own rules, and like that, those kinds of inconsistencies sometimes drive me crazy. For like, in what case? Uh, like sometimes, like the creaking open of a door can get an alien's attention, but other times, like they have. I think they followed the rules pretty well. I'm, in this I'm movie. trying not to. I'm trying not to spoil things, guys. I'm trying to think of a moment where they do break the rules. Sometimes I think. Sometimes I think that. So the the idea is that if there's a louder noise around <clears throat> you, that you can make noise and they won't hear you. Right. I think sometimes they take that to extremes. Like, okay, you might have to bleep it again. I never felt. When with the sprinkler overhead, the fact that that was enough to drown out her walking across the room. Yeah, but she was she was barefoot. She's not going to make that much sound. She was also five feet away from him. Like they can hear they can hear the tiniest like creaking floorboards apparently from I, miles I away. I think that noise would have per, what, more than overshadowed her sound. Also, they have the sand they have the sand path so that they don't make noise stepping on the leaves, and then they just start stepping on the leaves, and it's not a big deal. Then the kid starts most of the time. Any little noise and the aliens react within like five minutes. This kid starts screaming and the alien like is nowhere to be found until it's convenient for the plot. That drives me crazy. That alien was there in like 10 seconds. That's not true. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Go watch it again. I can't. Right now. I, I guarantee you, like ten seconds after Gus, he starts do you, screaming. Do you remember do you remember it like rips open the it rips open the the fucking fence and is running after do you, them. Do you that's not true, Gus. Yes it is. That's do you remember the first movie when the old man starts screaming in yeah. the forest? Yeah. That old man got taken out like two seconds literally two seconds later. In this movie, this kid is screaming and screaming and screaming and his mom's covering his mouth and the alien is nowhere. Dude, they were literally running away it's from like, the alien. It's like the alien gave them time. No, that's not true. That's not true, yes, Gus. Yes, it is. Because they were running away from they heard the alien coming yeah. when the bottles fell. But the any other situation, the alien would have already been there by the time the kid stepped on the thing and he would have killed them all. I think you're reaching big time. Dude. I think you are. I, I think I think you're delusional. Okay, that's fine. Dude, I don't understand. <laughs> of course I'm delusional. Gus. What? They, okay, the bottles drop. Yes. 
They, they hear, hear the, the alien coming. Yeah. So they start running. Yes. The kid falls, catches his leg in a bear trap. He's ahead of them. The mom has time to catch up. He's screaming. She has time to sit there covering his mouth as he continues to scream. She has time to tell the girl to run away. He continues to scream. And the alien doesn't get there in that amount of time. You're adding, every like, other, you're adding like five minutes of screen time to every, this situation. Ev- no. You're guys. inflating. You are. Gus, I'm not adding Plus, five. We minutes. don't know how far away the alien is. All we all we know is that it's nearby. In every other situation, the slightest noise draws them within seconds. In this in this situation, the loudest noise with the most annoying character imaginable screaming draws them in like a minute and a half. It doesn't take a minute and a half. All right, I we're not going to get anywhere because I disagree with you completely <laughs> on this. You're 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 conflating like ten seconds of screen time Dude, to a minute and a half. I just think I just think the the aliens either have to be like, it's, dude. I think whatever you're about to critique, I think they are. So I disagree with you. Okay. Do, do you do you have any negatives, Gus? I did, but now I got so distracted <laughs> by your shit that I can't remember what it was. Give me a second. Oh, I remember. Um. <clears throat> I thought the ending. Fuck your negatives. The ending, <laughs> the ending wasn't as like. <clears throat> I don't know. the The ending of the first movie was like super emotionally resonant, and it like ended. I guess they kind of ended the same way. Like they both ended on a super like. Okay, well, this is obviously something's come gonna happen next. This one just didn't feel like as as like tight as the first one did. Like John Krasinski sacrifices himself. They run into the basement. Like. They figure out, oh shit, we can like stop them. Do you mean like the, the like the overall ending or like the closing shot? Like the the oh, like the last five minutes. It was still okay. re- like, it's still really good. I, I enjoyed the ending a lot. I just didn't enjoy it as like for it to leave as open ended as the first one did. I was more than okay with how the first one ended, being as open ended as it as as it was because. I thought the way that that whole the final five ten minutes of that movie played out was very well done. I I think the same thing here, but it was just to a little bit lesser effect than the first movie. Yeah, like I'm still I'm still more than okay with the ending and being open ended and you know leaving the characters where they are and all that stuff. It just didn't quite like grab me as instantly I'm, as the first movie. Did. I'm a little bit curious if they shot any of this movie during filming of the first, and it was footage that they didn't use. The way that they kind of picked up right where they left off. I know. Which, I was, which, like, you can do that, and like, there's, there's way, like, you can go back and and film it pretty well where it's gonna right. be pretty continuous. Well, but yeah. I'm wondering if any of the beginning of this storyline yeah. was filmed before. Well, my, my thought too because is... Because it, it was, like, it was seamless. Absolutely it really seamless. Was. My thought too is what if they, like, shot the... What if they shot the prologue for the first movie? Yeah. And they're like, eh, this doesn't really fit here. Yeah. Well, like, they just cut the scene completely. And then the, the, for the second movie, they're like, oh, this is where we... It's, like, it's possible. It, and that, that's how that's how well that these that's movies what we were fit ta- together. Yeah. I was talking about earlier, like... It it felt like there was just was there was never a missed step from right. one to two. Yeah, it felt like the exact like literally like they just like they shot all three hours of this, and when they were putting the first movie together, they were like, eh, let's let's break these up because yeah. they work better as their own separate movies. They're like they have a they have like good enough three act structures in each one to kind of separate. Now, granted, if this was a one three long hour three hour well, long but movie, also it would be dope. But. Also, like the the studio and the producers were the ones that were sure about a second one. John Krasinski was not sure about a second one. Right. Well, he, he didn't. He was kind of reluctant. At, yeah. At first, he didn't even. He wasn't even like thinking about directing a second one. And yeah. then he wrote it too. And then he was like, "Okay, right. I'll direct." And then he from, was like, "I'll also write it." From Fuck what it. Like, I heard, he he was kind of like, "Listen, I don't want to be involved, but if it were up to me, this is the direction this it is would, what would go." Happen. And like, eventually, by the end of that conversation, he was like, "Fuck it, I'll just write the it." The studio, for you. yeah, the studio. <laughs> he told them all that, and the studio was like, "Please do it." They were and like, was "Thanks like, for the movie." <laughs> and he was like, for "Okay, yeah, please direct it now." And <laughs> yeah. He was like. All right, let's do it. Yeah, and he so he got sole writing credit for this yeah, one, which he, he did. didn't get for the first, and that's pretty cool. Written and directed, seeing written and directed by is just a, it's just a, it's like yeah, like look at me. Oh yeah, look oh at yeah, me. I'm fucking 
Ugh. I'm big. It's like it's like because it, that like that's a Tarantino thing. Yeah, Tarantino is written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, and it pops up at the end of every movie. That's another flex because a lot of movies do like all the credits at the start, right? And then the, you know the very last credit is like the production credits, right? Yeah. They do like you know directed by blah blah blah, and then the movie starts. Quentin Tarantino is one of those people who the only people credited at the beginning of the movie are the main actors. Um, and the producers. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, you the first thing you see is written and directed by cinematography, music, the things that he sees as like, these are the reasons why my movie is fucking slap. Right. Is because of these things right here. Yeah. And you get that at the end of the movie. And that just, to see that at the end was just, I don't know, it's kind of cool. Good like for I, him. I saw that Good and I was him. like, that's hardcore. Also, the, I, like it might seem kind of cheesy, I, at the beginning of this, and this is not a spoiler, but like at the beginning of this movie, you get a message from John Krasinski yeah. thanking you for coming out coming and watching the theater. it in theaters. Yeah. And like, I love that because it shows a lot of pride in his work. Oh yeah. And like, I think that he's the kind of guy who genuinely appreciates when, when people kind of put in effort to go to see go to the theater. things that he put in effort right. to. And he, like that's, that's, this movie was designed to be seen in theaters and that's how he wants you to see it. Right. And so he is actually appreciative of all the people who are right. who are actually willing to pay for a ticket and go see a movie. Yeah, it's yeah, especially with you know the year we've gone through and all the delays. Like this, well, and this was delayed like fifteen months. Yeah, it was what Mar- it was supposed to be March. Yeah, it was supposed, supposed to be, be March the end of, of last March. year. Yeah, March thirtieth of twenty twenty or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, it's been yeah fourteen full months. Yeah, for this movie to get released. I agree. Like, yeah, I, people would probably see it as like, okay, yeah, thanks, John Krasinski. But for me, I I took it very like it was a genuine thank you from him. No, he was literally thanking you, Gus. Because like, he said that he said thank you, he said Gus. My name? He said yeah, he did. Did he wink at me too? He did. Yeah. Really? Yeah. He How want- did I miss that? I must have blacked out. You must so have because you were so, yes, dude. But no, it really is like. Some movies are meant to be seen in a theater, right. and a guy like him to recognize, like, yeah, this movie, like, this movie needs to be seen with nice sound and a big screen. Like, it's just cool to see that he has an appreciation for like the classical, like, way of of film, which is you go to a theater, and then you see it later on at home after it's. Did you, know, you notice that uh, had its run? Did you notice that Michael Bay was? One of the main producers. I think he this. was. I think he produced the first one too. And I'm, he might have been one of the only that was like at the end credits listed by himself. It was like in association yeah. with Michael Bay, right? Like I think what his uh, his production company was one of the. I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I'm not sure which production company Michael Bay owned. Hey, you know what, Dear- Michael Bay. Michael Bay is like that guy. In uh, like that guy in high school. That you play baseball with, where he's a pitcher, and uh, when he starts, he gives up ten runs in the first <laughs> inning, and then he has to get benched because he sucks. But if you don't start him and you throw him in for an inning in the fourth, strikes out the side, boom, fourth inning over. That's what Michael Bay is as a director, dog shit. As a producer, he's put some good content out, like. When it's when it's his money and like a drop of his a sprinkling of his ideas, yeah. it's all right. <laughs> when it's someone else's money and all of his ideas, not great. <laughs> not great. No, <laughs> boo, bad. Um. Oh man. Yeah. My only other, I guess, kind of, and again, I feel like this is kind of a nitpick. Initially, I felt like Emily Blunt was underutilized, but as the movie went on, I didn't. I felt less of that. I kind of felt that way about... It was kind of just an initial feeling, and then I was kind of like, okay, I don't... So, actually... Sort of after the prologue, there were, there were, there was a point in the movie, maybe like two quarters of the way in. Yeah. That's half. A quarter of the way in. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Are you <clears throat> too um, dumb? Get... <laughs> Dude. So maybe like a quarter of the way into the movie, I was... Honestly, like I was preparing myself to be disappointed because like I wasn't sure about the direction it was going. There wasn't a lot happening as far as like 
yeah. the monsters and the tension and right. like it after the prologue things settled down a little bit and after they yeah. uh, you know after they met Killian Murphy's character right, things right. settled down a little bit to where I was like okay like show me something yeah but the second half of the movie was like unrelenting yeah. to where the concerns that I had all just kind of went away right I um maybe that was part of what I was feel like with Emily but she still has like some of the most emotional scenes in the whole movie. Obviously, won't get into spoilers or anything, but she still has a very impact. It was just I, initially, I just had that initial feeling of like Emily Blunt's not like she's not the main focus of like that's weird. She's like star like the the right. big name here. Yeah. But then after Millicent Simmons and Killian Murphy kind of get into their groove, I didn't. It, it was it, I was no longer concerned, and it, it honestly I. I think it'll make the first kind of half of the movie better on a second viewing. Probably so. Kind of just knowing that the whole, the film as a whole is is, is as solid as it is. Well, and that you're going to be rewarded if you're patient. Right. Yes. Which is a big part of it. Yes. That's all I got. You want to grade it? Let's do it. You go first. Because I think you're going to give it a stupid grade, like a C or something. Dude, I'm giving it a D minus. Oh, okay. That's what I was going to give it. Oh. Yeah. So we're, we're done. Hey. Good shit. We're done. One more? We're done. One more? We're done, dude. No, we're not. That was the end of... You're not going to give it a D minus. I'm going to give A Quiet Place Part 2 a B plus. I was happy with it. Yeah. Um, I thought, I thought the horror aspects of it were great. Yeah. I think that introducing... Introducing people into yeah. a monster movie can sometimes take away from the monsters and kind of take away from the point of the horror to begin with, especially right. in sequels. This did not do that. Every no. character that was introduced played an important role. Yeah. Um, I thought the the aspects of horror, like I said, the, the peak horror in this movie I thought was scarier than the peak horror in the first I'm not sure I liked this one quite as much as the first movie, but right. there was a lot we already knew coming into this movie that we right. didn't in the first, so a little less to surprise you with. I don't know that this movie lived up to the first one, but because of what the first movie was, it never could. Right. Right. Like, But also, I don't think that it's necessarily not as good. I think it's just kind of on the same playing field. As the first movie. Well, and I think that there's, when it comes to sequels, there's a big difference between having a second movie and a yeah. continuation of right. the first. This and felt, this yeah. was a continuation of the first. It felt less like, tra- like, a, like a traditional It really sequel. was a part two. Right. Like, there's a, right. there's a difference yeah. between Quiet Place Part Two and right. Quiet Place Two. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to me, that like, if we're, and if we're looking at it that way, like, that's kind of the same as, that's how, like, Lord of the Rings is, right? Lord of the Rings is one story broken up into three parts. Right. And where whereas like th- that series, the second movie didn't feel like it had like that second act slog where like, you know, there's just not like too much forward movement without enough like action and reaction yeah. happen. This movie felt the same way. It, it kind of like, it kind of like jumped over the sophomore slump a little bit and just felt as smooth as the first one. Not necessarily maybe as good as the first one, but again, they're in the same league. They're playing on the same field. Right. The first one might. Have a couple better. They're playing in the more. same game. They're playing the same game. Yeah. And the first one might have some a few better stats, but the second one can keep up. Yeah. And so, I mean, I gave I gave the first one. The first one was my second favorite movie of 2018. Yeah. The only movie above it was First Man, and I think First Man was the only A plus movie I gave that year. I think I gave A Quiet Place an A. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to my I'm gonna stick to the playing field and I'm gonna give it an A. Fair enough. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very good. All right, dude. That's it. Man, that, I got we got heated, Dom. That's it. Yeah, dude. I got heated. We did. Bro. We did. We did. <laughs> it's fun though. It wasn't fun for me, Gus. Come on. It's serious. It's okay to disagree. This, life is not a game, Gus. <clears throat> you and, think this is a game? And it's not a cereal. What? <laughs> a cereal? It is a cereal. Life is a cereal. And it's a game. Oh, it is a cereal. And it's a game. I understand now. And I'll, Listen, and I'll be honest, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Final thought for the day. Yeah. Life cereal is the single most 
underrated cereal of all oh, time. Okay. It's a, it's I was a, surprised. Where I it's a know. top five cereal I, in I my eyes. I can't have life, so I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't know. And I'm bad at life, Gus. Yeah, same. So, Dom, I became a journalist. You're bad at life. I became a journalist. I became a podcaster. We both feel bad. <laughs> yeah. We guess do. what? You're the best podcaster. Hey, I know. no, you. No, Gus. You. You are. All right. Let's take him out. Um. Listen, uh, if you listen, well, listen, listen, if you're listening, if you're listening and if you're, and if you're watching, if you're watching, watch, watch, if you're watching, you know how this goes. We're going to tell you to like and comment and subscribe, do all the YouTube things because we kind of don't even have to tell you anymore. Uh, it's just, like, yeah, like, just do, do we, the, do, do we really need to tell you just do the thing? Cause honestly, it's annoying to have to do this at the end of every show. I hate it. I hate it too. I hate doing it. That's why I ask you to do it so much. Because, Sometimes you tell me. Yeah, that's true. Cause no, you're, I, cause you're the. You're the boss podcaster. You're the I, best uh, podcaster I've ever met in my up. life. No, you. Y- you. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Gus, thank you. you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for watching and listening. If you're listening on SoundCloud or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, thank you for listening there. Please be sure to leave a five-star review on those platforms if you're looking for us on social media we are on social media we're on facebook at front row seats we're on instagram at front underscore row media we're not on twitter we uh on youtube as front row seats any podcasting platform we're front row podcast thank you thank you thank you we uh are really excited that theater season is back and uh and we never left baby we never left we just uh <laughs> had to kind of Scrape the barrel a little bit, yeah. Gus, we got so low that we were buying movies off Amazon. Think about that. What movie did we buy off Amazon? King of Staten Island. And I don't, oh, I don't, that's regr- right. I don't regret I don't re- that. That's, that's, Listen, yeah, I, don't I don't regret, regret it. That. I but regret to, ever getting to the point where, where we, we had to buy movies from a it, streaming we service. We couldn't see it in a theater. Yeah, that's correct. Did, like, that did suck. Sitting there being like, Ugh. that being said, I love the HBO deal. Like, yeah. I love nice. that deal. I love that deal. I'm about it. I'm about that. Big trust. Woo woo. Woo woo. Come, Come see, me. see me. All right. My mask getting dry. What up, Leo? You want to talk? No? He licked it. Oh, that's close enough. That's close enough. All right, man. That's it. Nice work today, Gus. Hey. No, you. You. Bro.